All right, guys, it is 7 o'clock. Let's have a meeting. Um, it is this group's, well, sorry, wrong page. Good evening. This is the regular meeting of the All In Group of Alcoholics Anonymous. My name is Matt, and I'm an alcoholic. Let us open the meeting with a moment of silence to do with as you wish, followed by the serenity prayer. God, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The preamble. Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution, does not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help other alcoholics to achieve sobriety. Our singleness of purpose. This is a closed meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous in support of AA's singleness of purpose. Attendance at a closed meeting is limited to, to persons who have a desire to stop drinking. If you think you have a problem with alcohol, you are welcome to attend this meeting. We ask that when discussing our problems, we confine ourselves to those problems as they relate to alcoholism, the 12 steps. I have asked my friend Brooke or Drew to read the 12 steps of AA. Hi, I'm Brooke or Drew. <laughs> they, they were fighting over it. Here are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood them. Four, made a searching, fearless, moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, Humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to the ball. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted them. Eleven, Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood it, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice the principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Drew. <clears throat> At this group, it is customary to have a spiritual timekeeper to ensure that we are staying on track. The lead has 10 minutes to share, and all other group members have three minutes to share. The timekeeper will give you a one-minute notice when you have one minute left remaining for your share. Is there anyone who would like to volunteer to be our spiritual timekeeper tonight?
Thanks, Brody. Brody. Introductions. Is there anyone here attending their very first meeting of AA or or just recently coming back to AA who thinks they have a problem with alcohol? Anybody? Okay. At this point, we would like to introduce ourselves however you wish to do so. My name is Matt, and I'm an alcoholic. Let's go. Hey, Matt. Uh, I'm Brett. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Brett. Um, Brody, Brody, David, John, John, Michael, John, Max, Nikwan, Helen, Joseph, Alex, Drew, Eddie, Brooke, Sean, 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 Bert, Tyler, Michael, Reed, Terry, Terry, Vince, Will, Ed, Adam, Adam, Richard, Sid, Scott, and I am an alcoholic. Hey, Scott. It is this group's format to have a topic lead and designate someone to speak for 10 minutes on that topic. Tonight, I have asked my good friend Scott to do our lead on the topic of first step and something else he has in store for us. <laughs> I don't know. That. Thanks. Thanks, man. I am Scott, and I am an alcoholic. It's good hey, to Scott. You. Good to see you guys again. You know, I was going to go somewhere else with uh, topic lead when Matt asked me, but then today he texted me and asked me to do first step. It's like a huge God thing today because on the way here, I got a call from a man that I've worked with in the past and has recently asked me to still work with him. Will you give me a chance? I'm like, dude, the door is always open, you know, and uh, we were talking and he he got to asking me, he's like, why do you think I haven't gotten this thing? Because I stay dry for a little while then go drink. And I'm like, well, because you haven't completely given up, right? is, is my opinion. I said, you, you have not nailed step one 100% the whole time. And, and that's what I was taught what we have to do. Um, and he's the kind of person who pokes. He's like, well, why is that? I'm like, you need to answer that for yourself. Well, well, why do you think? I said, if you want my opinion, here's what I think. I said, you have not gotten over the mental obsession, and you haven't really grasped the allergy. And he, said, he says to me, well, I don't have to take a Benadryl after I drink. So like, no, that's not the allergy, buddy. And, and sadly, that's what I thought um, when I got back in the program a second time. Um, my first time was kind of like a forced feeding, courtesy of the Navy. You know, they said, uh, you got a DUI on base, therefore you get to go to the alcohol treatment center and answer a survey, which I failed at bullshitting them. And uh, they said, you get to go to treatment. So I went to treatment and the Navy doctor said I was physically and psychologically addicted to alcohol and I did not believe that was possible. But I played along and, and that's all that I did. And that's why I didn't stay sober. I stayed dry for seven years on that mentality. I, I went into meetings, I was the last one in the door, the first one out. I didn't wanna hang around and get to know anybody. I didn't want them to know me. Um, I just, it, it, but during that time, I had 
gotten into a religion and maybe that kept me sober a little bit longer, I don't know, or dry a little bit longer, I don't know. But the point is, I did not take any steps. I didn't get a sponsor, I didn't get a home group. <clears throat> Fast forward, uh, after 17 years of drinking, after that seven years of being dry, and then another 17 of drinking, and me putting, getting to the hospital, blackout driving myself to the hospital, for a broken shoulder, no, no, uh, no thought even of stopping drinking. But I knew I had to get a grip. Deep down inside, I was telling myself, "You got to get a grip, Scott. You're out of control. You have lost control of everything." My ex had left the house nine months before. My oldest son moved out in anger because he didn't want to deal with me anymore, and I just couldn't see it. And my youngest son gave me an ultimatum. He said, "If I didn't stop drinking before he went back to college, I wouldn't see her from him or hear from him again." So when I drove to the hospital and I woke up eight days later in an ICU bed, I had, I don't know that it was a spiritual awakening, of course not from working any steps, but I had been relieved of the desire to drink. And I firmly believe that some of the promises came to me while I was in that situation. Um, I was itching to get out and get to an AA meeting because I, I had, been here before but when I got back you know second night got a sponsor and started reading taking the step and taking step one I said I'm absolutely I mean I, I don't understand you know I'm powerless over alcohol but I still did not believe that allergy I said I don't break out in hives or any of that crazy stuff I did not understand the abnormality not until I fully understood the entirety of step one, the, the giving up, the, the mental obsession, the powerlessness, and how unmanageable. And it didn't really make, of course, the, the ex left, that's unmanageability, but I was spending more time being unmanageable by what was going on inside of me. And I didn't even understand that at the time, I just didn't want to drink anymore. And that was the easy part for me was to get here and not drink. Because when I got here, all I wanted to do was hang out with other people who did not drink. Because I knew I could not sit at home and not drink by myself. Eventually I would have been right back out and, and that mental obsession would have probably caught right back up to me. Step one for me was to get here and surrender wholly. That, that point of the, the how it works where we, we asked his protection and care with complete abandon means a whole lot to me because that means I abandoned all of my ideas. I abandoned my restraints, my, my restrictions on what, I'm not putting conditions on this. I'm not, well, I'll get sober and I'll pick a sponsor and I'll start taking steps if you give me this or give me that or none of that. I didn't, I didn't come in with conditions. I didn't want to lay conditions on it when I came in this time. And uh, so far it's been working since 2017. I'm absolutely grateful to be here because of the total surrender and understanding and working step one 100%. With that, I'll shut up for now. I love you guys. I'm happy to be sober. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you, Scott. The meeting is now open. Please be considerate of the time you share so that all who wish to do so will have the opportunity to share. The meeting's open.
My name's Matt. I'm an alcoholic. I'll start us off. Um, thank you for talking on the allergy. That, um, that brought me back to my first step and how I described my first step because uh, I had an, an addiction therapist who I knew I needed to get off of Adderall and weed. Uh, that was for sure. <clears throat> and I had no intention of stopping drinking, though. I got off the bourbon, but then I was on the wine and... Um, my addiction therapist said, you know, watch that wine. <laughs> and, uh, but he also, in, in the meetings of meeting with him after treatment, they said, you can get out of treatment if you go meet with this addiction therapist. Well, he slipped me the big book upside down, and I looked at it, and I got pissed because it said Alcoholics Anonymous. I didn't think I was an alcoholic. But within the first, like, 10 pages or so, it talks about the doctor's opinion, and it talked about this physical allergy part. And for me, that was like the, the light bulb that went off because it, um, I've been allergic to shellfish since I was a little kid. And when I, I went to the allergist after having uh, almost dying in, in, the, in the parking lot of a red lobster from eating all you could eat crab legs, the allergist the next day said, look, you have an allergy. Uh, it, it's not something you could build up tolerance for. You know, one shrimp it's not a one shrimp today, two shrimp tomorrow, three shrimp the next day kind of thing. You know, you could have one and die. And so um, that just helped me when I go out to eat with friends and there's, you know, shellfish and everything. I just don't get something fried with it. It's the whole allergy and eating around it. You know, if I had a peanut allergy, I'd, I'd do the same thing. I just don't eat it. And so when I read that and, and they described it like having an, an allergic reaction to alcohol, something happened with me and it just clicked and it's with drugs too. I mean, I have this more disease. It's like, I want more and more and more of whatever is good to my body or I think is good to my body. So, um, thanks for talking on the allergy and I can totally relate. Um, a big part of it for me was just surrendering and putting my hands up and saying, I can't do it anymore. I need help and I, I'll do whatever you say. So glad to be here. I'll pass. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. David, alcoholic. David. Scott, thanks for being here. The thing that I was thinking about uh, was when I first came into the rooms of recovery, I didn't really know that I had a problem because I didn't really understand alcoholics. I didn't have anybody in my life that was an alcoholic. I had never been around alcoholics. I knew I drank a lot and I liked it, but I didn't really understand it. And uh, But I didn't know my life was unmanageable because I had multiple divorces and a whole lot of other wreckage, you know, that I could look at and go, okay, this is a problem. And uh, I had a good friend who uh, suggested I give AA a try. And uh, so I did. And I got in here and it was really kind of funny and I tell this part of the story, you know, it's like my sponsor uh, tried to help me through my first year of sobriety and most of the time I would listen, but a lot of times I wouldn't, you know, and I never really sort of, gave up to the guidance and direction that he kept trying to give me. And uh, so finally I did after I had to make multiple amends to people in the first year's variety because of my behavior. And somewhere along the way, I went on a business trip with a friend of mine and he had a glass of wine at dinner and I was having a seven up or something. And, and uh, we got to the end of the meal. He still had a half a glass of wine sitting there. And I asked him, I said, Joe, are you going to leave that? Yeah. Why? 
because I don't like the way it makes me feel. Well, all the light bulbs just went off in my head, you know? That was the only reason I drank. It's, I, I did not want to feel whatever I was feeling so I could feel something different that was going to make me somehow feel better. So I started following directions, and I started doing what my sponsor told me to do. And along the way, I finally started learning that I didn't know the things that I thought I knew, and I needed to let go of all those things so I could start to learn the things this program wanted to teach me. And my sponsor used to kid me every time I would say the word, but... You know, because he would say, you're arguing. I said, yeah, no, every time you say the word, but you're arguing. So I stopped arguing and I really started focusing on just listening and learning. And, uh, you know, the steps work if you work them, you know. My sponsor kept it real simple for me. He said, you go to meetings by going to meetings. You work the steps by working the steps, you know. It's not complicated. And I just have to do uh, what's in front of me to do today, and tomorrow will come, and I'll do what's in front of me to do tomorrow. So thanks for being here. Thanks, David. Take these steps. Start to believe this stuff. So, uh, 
you know, they say that they're in order for a reason. And, and like I said, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, so it takes me a little longer to get these things. Um, but uh, but anyways, thanks for uh, thanks for coming tonight, Scott, and uh, Sharon, Lee, Thank you, Sean. Vince, what you know about the first step? <laughs> Vince, my life, I'll thank you. Vince. And uh, there was no doubt in my mind about uh, long before I got here that I was a drug addict, alcoholic to the extreme degree. It, I, uh, I, when I uh, got back to Columbia, uh, I had three sacks of dirty clothes, two children, and I was homeless, and uh, my, my sister took me in, and she, she took care of us, and uh, I, I lived with her for a while until I could kind of get back on my feet, so 
Yeah, I know a lot about uh, the powerlessness of uh, alcohol and drugs, and I figured out over the course of my uh, recovery that hell, I'm powerless over a lot of damn things, especially vents. I'm powerless over vents, man. It, it's tough. I try to keep vents out the way, and I don't always uh, succeed at that. But the uh, first time I sobered up. Hell, man, it was, it, I went on a pink cloud that was just like, uh, 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 it was just phenomenal. I mean, I took the drugs and the alcohol away from uh, out of the picture, and life got real good. It just got great. Hell, I didn't need to work on steps. Life was so good, and I, and I already knew about God because I was raised in the church, you know, so I had all that down. And uh, that lasted for uh, a couple of years, and, and a couple of resentment. And uh, to make a long damn story short, the last time I got in, I've been around the rooms for 30 damn years. And I've had over five years on three different occasions now. And the last time I got into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, man, the shit started hitting the fan. I mean, I wrecked my motorcycle. My wife left me. I've been to jail two damn times since I sobered up the last time. And, uh, you know, I... I I just have to know that, hell, I, I, I'm just still all kind of fucked up. <laughs> and and I, I, I say, I, I, say that, I say that first, second, third step prayer every night for a minute because I know I'm powerless and, and, and the insanity, the insanity that still goes in my own, on in my life. Don't get me wrong, I mean, I'm 100%, 99% better than I used to be, but there's still a lot of damn insanity going on up inside of me inside of my life. And as peaceful as, and peaceful as it is, I still know I've got the insanity. And I, of course, I ask God to, you know, put me in the right place in the morning. And I practice, I practice my recovery like I do not want to go back out there again. Because I've proven to myself over the years, if I stop doing my recovery, I know what kind of uh, alcoholic that's going to eventually, if, if I'm not going forward, I'm going backwards. Every damn time, I've proven it to myself over and over again. So I'm glad to be here tonight and uh, in the center of the plate. I'm in the center of the plate, and I don't want to fall off again. Thank you. Thank you, Vince. Thanks, Vince. Brett, alcoholic. Uh, thanks for the lead. That was great. I uh, I was thinking about um, the very first time I ever drank. I was fourteen ish, um, and and I I don't think I remembered how different I felt from everybody around me until I took that first drink. And as soon as I did, the people that I was the guys that I was hanging around with, the like timidness and thinking I wasn't as good or as cool as these people all vanished. Um, and I immediately felt more a part of and as cool as and could do what they could do and all these different things. And, you know, obviously now looking back on it, I remember just always wanting to get back to that feeling and trying to be, you know, use alcohol and drugs to change the way I felt to make me feel better than the way I felt my own skin. Um, and that's, and that is, you know, what drove me to continue to drink and use the way that I did. Um, and, you know, eventually 
it, it worked really well for a long time and then eventually it stopped working and the consequences and the disappointment and the shame and the guilt and all the just crap that comes along with with kind of the end of my, my drinking career um, really just built up. And, and I also, I didn't have any experience with AA or sobriety and I didn't know, I didn't have friends that had been to treatment or had been to AA. I didn't know anything about it. Um, so at first it was kind of shoved in my throat. I didn't know anything about it. I got shipped off to a rehab. I was forced to go to AA meetings and counseling sessions and all this stuff. And so obviously there was a learning curve there and I relapsed. And then when I, when I finally got sober, um, not long after that, I, uh, I was able to walk into an a, a meeting, an AA meeting, and see the freedom in the people around me and see that while they have done something or are doing something that makes them totally free, you know, happy, joyous, and free in their own skin, and they're not drinking or using. Um, and I thought that was pretty incredible, and I think that was where I was able to really concede to myself that if I do what these people around me are doing, then maybe I can have the same thing. Um, so, so, like I knew from what people had always said is life lived by, you know, run by Brett, you know, was pretty fucked up, so might as well try what these people are doing. And, um, you know, I was told to get a sponsor and work the steps and get a service commitment and all the things that, you know, most newcomers are told. And, you know, by the grace of God, it started working. Um, and I didn't really know much better, but I, you know, over time, I learned a lot more about the program and how the program works and how to grow in my spirituality and, you know, work the steps honestly and then try to, you know, work them again at another point in time and, and uh, learn to help others and all this kind of stuff. And not, I don't do this, I don't do this perfectly at all. Um, but I know that, like, did you say one minute? <laughs> Sorry. Like Sean said, the steps are in order for a reason, and I appreciate that, and I'm grateful for y'all and grateful for this meeting, and that's all. I'll pass. My name's Eddie. I'm Eddie. Eddie. Thanks for sharing this topic. It was actually really came on the show today. I had one of those kind of strange like flashback moments to you know the, the dark side before you know we got out of it um doing taxes which put off 2021 because during my downward spiral i just procrastinated on everything and going through them and i started seeing in our account any party shop things started to pop up i'm like this is when i kind of started drinking more um and i'm looking at it and i'm like but he's on our account, and I'm like, kind of surprised myself that I was open about it, you know, just blatantly. And I started noticing that they're all the exact same charge. It's like, they get like a bottle of scotch, it's like 50 bucks. It's just very evenly spaced out. And I was like, that's kind of weird. So I started digging into it, and I called the other accounts, like my, one of my secret accounts, my credit card account. And then I started seeing in between those days, the charges that are four or five times that Morgan Ellie's or another one that, you know, is being stuck in a drawer. And, and it dawned on me that, you know, it's just, I just subconsciously had put up this kind of perception where I was going there and I was getting the 
the same bottle, I keep it out, and I replace that same bottle so it looked like it was the same bottle every time I drink it. And then I have the drawer filled with you know, five other bottles of liquor. And I'm just like, why can't I be this fucking crafty like business or something? <laughs> but, That's awesome. An allergy, I always thought that that was a weakness. Thank you, Eddie. I'm telling I'm not calling. What's up, Keller? Thanks, Kelly. Tyler. here for a while and alcohol and drugs were removed for a 
was this period where I, I didn't have, I hadn't worked in steps, I hadn't had a spiritual awakening, I was up in like my period of alcoholism, and that's when I saw that on the marriage building. I mean, even through the first few years, and I can still get to that place when I don't do alcoholism, I'm just like, where I'm obsessed about money, women, anything outside of me changed the way I feel. Um, and uh, that, that's what I, that's what I had to kind of come here and learn. It's like, uh, my problem is always picking back up the drink, but if I'm uncomfortable for long enough, that that is gonna sound so cliche, but I was talking to a buddy oh, over yeah. here who just got out of rehab because he overdosed shooting heroin after five years sober. Um, mm -hmm. And it's like, that's that's the reality. If I'm not like growing in this program, working the steps, doing the shit that I was told to do when I got day, you know, day one, um, if I'm not doing that shit, like I'm slowly going back to a drink. And I don't see it because it doesn't happen. Like I go from, oh, life's great with, you know, X amount of times over to tomorrow I'm shooting dope in a crack house. It goes from I start obsessing about money, I start obsessing about the job, or I start obsessing about the relationship, and slowly, 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 I start to get more discontent. And I pull back from you guys, I stop going to meetings, I stop praying, I stop doing all the shit that got me sober and gave me the life that I have. And then eventually it's like the only solution I have is to go pick up. And uh, I don't see it because it happens so slow and so tedious. Um, but you know, if I continue to come here and continue to put these commitments in my life that force me to come here, then I have a Glad to be here. Glad to talk about it. And, uh, thanks for the lead. Thank you, Tyler. I'm Terry, alcoholic. Hey, Terry. Hey, Terry. Hey, Terry. Um, I have a share of us lately, and we've been going to sponsor COVID. I'm in that time frame to, to listen to all of this topic tonight. Really, really hits home for me. I came in the program the first time in June of 2021. Uh, got a sponsor. We've all had done the steps pretty well. We've got not quite good, but I got a one-year chip. Um, and I, for some reason, I, I was I called. I really believed and accepted the first step, 100%. But uh, something, I guess I hadn't, because I decided that I would test this again, and with the full knowledge that I could just test it, one, you know, a little bit and get away with it. And of course, it led to a relapse. It was like you know, like all of us have had, had relapses, devastating. Came back four months, got four, you know, got my four month, went to the newcomer meeting, got my four month chip. Just like handed out one for each <clears throat> Then two weeks again, I somehow decided to test this thing again. Really, there's nothing, nothing really bad going on. Uh, but I, I don't think I really have ever accepted that first step like I really need to. And this whole idea of the <coughs> is uh, something that I'm really trying this time to, to make sure I clearly understand. So for the last 21 days, my sponsor has had me read the doctor's opinion. He's asked me to, and I've tried to honor that, start to finish every day for 21 days. He doesn't want me reading any further. I've read the book through one time. Uh, I saw him the other day and said, hey man, I was reading, I mean, I'm reading the doctor's opinion, but I also was reading and living sober. I was gonna share something. He goes, I don't want you picking that book up right now. He said, I'll tell you to pick that up. I said, no. <laughs> he said, when I was where you were, my sponsor, I came in with Living Sober. He took it from me and threw it in the trash can. He said, you're not ready for that yet. So I am reading the doctor opinion every day with hope and prayer that I fully understand what this thing is about. 
and that I fully accept the first step, fully, before I move forward. And just hearing some of this stuff tonight, I just did want to share that, even though I've been told to keep my mouth shut for a little while. Thanks, Terry. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, Alex. Hey, I'm Drew. I'm an alcoholic. Drew! Nice to be here. I haven't been here in a while. Thanks 
been saying for a while that um, that I, I that there were two parts of the first step: is uh, um, admitting we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable, and that I already knew I was powerless over alcohol. But it was the um, uh, the unmanageability part that took me a while. But I think there's a reason that those things are put together in the first step because when I really look back. What I did before I came into this program was I admitted I was powerless over alcohol except for my ability to manage it. It's like I know. Once I start drinking, I'm gonna keep doing this, but I'm smart enough to like structure my days, like still like get all this shit done and stuff. And I'm really kind of glad that what brought me in here was a complete failure of management. Like, that's, that's really what brought me in here, is, you know, I mean, sitting there, I'm just like, okay, so this is just utter, utterly fucked. I mean, like, I'm here, like, I don't want to do this life thing anymore, and then I realize, okay, that's not quite true. And I'm like, all right, so I do want to keep doing it. I totally failed at it. I, I, like, I don't know what to do. And thank God that I came in here with this attitude and was, you know, as stubborn and arrogant and bullheaded as I was and still am. You know, it's like that made me willing to listen to people because of the like, all right, these guys in here, they seem like they're having an all right time and they know more about this than me. So I'm going to shut up and listen a little bit to them. And that's built and built over this time and I mean I look back at how I just how I felt on a day-to-day -day basis and you know felt tired felt run ragged from it and that's because like I wasn't managing alcohol alcohol was fucking managing me <laughs> you know like everything I did was in service of it and not the other way around and that's what I couldn't see. You know, call it an allergy, call it can't stop drinking. I know this, if I start drinking, I won't fucking quit until I run out of access to alcohol or I lose consciousness. And that's just the truth. So I don't have any business having even a tiny little bit. That's what I got. Thanks, Thanks Drew. Thanks, Drew. Hey, John, I'm Um, so for me, it, that's a great, great lead, great topic. And for me, it, it was, I knew I was powerless. I, I knew my life was becoming unmanageable, but I couldn't admit it. Like I, I could not admit it. My ego was so massive um, because I was hiding so much of this inferiority complex that I had. I didn't want anyone to know, so I wasn't going to admit it. And I thought I was smart enough that I could figure this out, you know, and I, I was playing the game. I was coming to meetings in New Amateurs. I had the vodka already in my car. I didn't have to stop anywhere on the way home. Um, so I come to these meetings. I tell my wife, I went to a meeting. We're good. And I had a, my wife and three beautiful kids. And I got a good job. And I've got this. I just got to figure it out. And I figured it out all the way to the hospital, um, <clears throat> which is the first time I've ever been an inpatient at a hospital since the day I was born. And I was like, OK, I guess I got to go to because otherwise I wasn't getting back in the house. And so I went to the I went to rehab. And 
It was the first week, and I was 10 days sober, and we've been talking about these aha moments. And I knew I had to be there, and I didn't know how to handle being there, so I just started taking notes like I was in school again. It's like, well, shit, I'm here, I'll do it. So I started taking notes, and this doctor came in, and he started to explain the disease. And I had always been told alcoholism is a disease. I was like, I got it, I got a disease, I got it. But I won't admit it, but I know I got it. And he started to explain how the brain and the midbrain and all this stuff, and it, it clicked. I was like, holy shit. And so I followed this doctor back to his office, and I talked with him for about an hour afterwards. Please explain to me all the details. I'm trying to get into the medical, medical jargon. And I finally had that aha moment that slammed me for the, through the first three steps. And I look back on it now, I'm thinking to myself, I just need an excuse to be able to admit that I was powerless. I needed that excuse. However it got me there, it got me there. Where I realized, okay, it's an allergy. I can't control this. I just have to work my way around it. I just have to work my way around it. I have to live a life around it, just like an allergy. And it got into my head that way, and it gave me the excuse to admit I was powerless. Once I got there, it was kind of like the tumbling box all fell into place. I was like, okay. Now that I can admit I'm powerless, now that I can get through this first step, things started to roll down the hill. And, and for me, it was that aha moment, sitting there in a rehab center, taking notes like an idiot, because I had nothing else to do, and this doctor finally saying, you know, your brain's all fucked up, right? <laughs> I mean, that's all he should have said to me, because then that would have been enough. And it gave me that power to admit that I was powerless. And that was what kind of unlocked it for me. So, great topic. Thanks so much for letting me share. I'm grateful to be here. Thanks, Thanks, Scott. Scott. Thanks, Max. 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 Thanks, Scott, for your lead, man. Good to see you. Um, I was thinking about the, the part in, I don't know if it's how it works, it's, it's somewhere in the big book, and it talks about, you know, my problem as an alcoholic, it, it centers in the mind, right? That it's not the fact that drugs and alcohol exist, it's not the fact that I gotta fucking pay bills or go to work or whatever, like the problem centers in my mind, right? The problem is that not that I'm six foot four or whatever my other fucking bullshit reasons were to drink and do cocaine all the time. Um, like the problem centers in my mind, right? And like the obsessive mind that I have, you know, come here, go to meetings, you know, relieved of the obsession to drink, like that's, that's fantastic. But then the problem is I can still get obsessed about fucking anything else, good stuff, bad stuff, doesn't matter what it is. Um, and like it's kind of already been shared, if I'm in that for long enough, like the fucking house of cards starts to fall a little bit. Like I'll start to set little fires in my life that then I have to go back and clean up. Um, and the only way, like like how do I get out of that, right? So I mean, the exact same way I was, you know, relieved of the obsession to drink is the solution is in the steps, right? I have to get out of myself, you know, do for others, try to maintain the you know relationship that I have with the God of my understanding. And the surprising thing is I was like, oh yeah, like this is great, like, you know, I'm gonna quit drinking and everything's gonna be cool. The great thing is I have a solution to the rest of my problems in life, right? Like, I was just in a group of guys last week talking about this, and in the first, like, 50 pages of the book, Bill says that this is gonna be a solution to all of my problems, like, multiple times, not just drugs and alcohol. Um, and it's the same thing, like, when I'm obsessed with, like, oh, I'm going on fucking Carvana, looking at, fucking trucks to buy. I'm like, I don't have any fucking money to buy this. But in my mind, I'm like, I can figure a way out to fucking do this. I'll make it work. Like, I'm in control. Don't you understand? Right? Or our fucking air conditioning stopped working downstairs in our house. And all I'm thinking is, great, there's fucking eight grand that I just spent on a new goddamn thing. I'm expecting this fucking money in my tax refund. 
and the guy comes out and it's like, oh, here's this, you know, it's $400 instead of four grand or whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So my obsessive mind can drive me fucking crazy. One minute. Um, you know, and the, the only way out that I've found truly is like, I have to get out of myself. I have to do for others. I have to stop thinking about me because otherwise I'll get wrapped around the asshole about fucking literally anything. You name a subject, I'll become fucking obsessed with it. Like I have to be rid of that. Otherwise I'm fucked. Um, so it's a great topic. Good thing for you to think about. And I'll, uh, that. Thanks. Thanks. Are there any burning desires before we close up? All right. That's about all the time we have tonight. If you needed to share and didn't get a chance to share, please speak with me or one of the home group members after the meeting. Here at this meeting, we believe in working the steps with a sponsor. Will all those who have worked the 12 steps with a sponsor and are willing to be a sponsor, please raise your hand. If you are looking for a sponsor, please see one of these members after the meeting. Seventh tradition, the seventh tradition states that there are no dues or fees for a membership, but your voluntary contributions are greatly appreciated. I have passed the basket. Here at All In, we have a Venmo account that you can donate to if you don't have cash. The account name is at allin-columbia. Again, that's at allin-columbia. Do I have a volunteer to give out the chips tonight? Thanks, Sid. Yeah. <coughs> Got a chip system here. I won't keep the serve away on our time. Excuse me. Uh, we got a white chip. It's the first chip we get when we come in here. Good call. Bread alcoholic. Bread. Um, one, if you would like to make this beautiful Tuesday night men's meeting your home group, come see me and I'll add you to the home group list. And if you are a home group member, we have group conference tonight. Um, and we have a couple big things like our um, H&I service commitment um, that we need to have a discussion about. So if you could please stay right after this, stay in here. And if you're not a home group member, don't mean to be a dick, but please leave so that we can wrap it up fairly decently. Um, and we have a couple other things to talk about, but um, we do have our speaker next speaker meeting is April 25th, and I just got notified a minute ago that it is Brendan O from Augusta be coming in on April 25th. So put that in your calendars. It'll be an eating meeting again with pizza and all that good stuff. And then I'll let someone else make the retreat announcement. That's all I got. Thanks,
Thanks, Brett. Brody, alcoholic. Brody. Brody. We do have literature here tonight. I was just informed that the price of literature is going up anywhere from 20 to 30 percent. So if there's anything you want to afford, please let me know. And uh, we'll grab it before the price goes up. Wow. Colin, I'm an alcoholic and I have a boring announcement. Um, but I've noticed it a couple times now. This meeting and a couple of other meetings use Venmo or offer Venmo for, for passing the basket. I don't know if everybody knows this, but Venmo's settings apparently are public by default, which means that if you go and, like, if you pay Venmo to this meeting, then you can actually see if anybody who's got their settings in public that they've been contributing to it. So if you hypothetically are trying to keep your alcoholism a, a quiet matter in your life, you might want to make sure that if you're using Venmo, you set the settings to private because it can be easily found that way. Thank you. Thanks, Colin. Michael. What's up, Michael? The new meeting of transitions on Saturday morning. Thank you. Thank you. David, alcoholic. Hey, David. This is a uh, sort of a non-AA, but there's a box of cookies up here. <laughs> Chocolate chip, oatmeal, and a little bit of uh, roasted walnut. Shellfish in there? They're in the <laughs> no shellfish. Anybody else? Our uh, retreat is April 21st to 22nd and 23rd. Uh, it's going to be at Lake Junaluska. We've got a beautiful house that overlooks the lake. It's going to be a great time. We've got about 17, 18 people signed up so far. We're starting to take a $100 deposit to hold your spot. And it's normally about 140, 150 bucks or so after we settle up with food, depending on how many people come. But we're asking for a hundred dollar deposit. You can Venmo those deposits to our All In at Columbia. Just let me know. I've got the master spreadsheet. You know, I love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> I've got the spreadsheet, and uh, just trying to keep track of who's paid and who's wants to go and that kind of thing. So, love to have you. It's it's like an IV of AA. It's good stuff. So. That's all I got, and I will pass. Um, anybody else? I guess I need to close it out first. Uh, please keep in mind the 12th tradition, respecting the anonymity of each of us. Would you please join me in, in closing with a serenity prayer? Serenity. Serenity. Scott, will you close this out, please? Sure. A moment of silence for those still sick and suffering in and out of the rooms, followed by the serenity prayer. God, God, grant us serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Great to see you. Yeah, likewise. Good, good to catch up. I, 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 I'm so what you're still thinking about that whole IT thing. Uh, yeah. Position. I'm not so Yeah, the, the house, the house. I'll text you. Yeah, it's beautiful. Eh?